Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio and on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station for the Inner Life at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction, where we come to you every day to give you a little bit of help and a little bit of hope on uh, your journey of faith. Great to have all of you with us today. And today we're going to talk about evangelization. You know, as we begin our faith journey into this year of 2021, we thought it might be a good time to recommit to what we call the new evangelization. I think we could all agree that our world these days is broken. So many people, and yes, even our loved ones, have turned their backs on God, and I think we could say are truly lost. And it's true, um, we get frustrated, I know I do, maybe even angry that uh, so many are walking in a dark, dark world. Well, even in the darkness that uh, might be surrounding us, we have a duty to evangelize by our words and our actions to make the love of Jesus Christ known in the world that is right in front of us, right where we are. Well, we're going to talk about that today. Here to help us on the Journey, our spiritual director, back with us once again, Father Bobby Blood. Father Blood is a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, associate pastor at Holy Family Catholic Church in Rockford. Father Bobby Blood, welcome back to The Inner Life. Great to have you back on the program today. Chuck, it's good to be back with you post-Christmas. Hope you've been well. Doing fine, <laughs> hanging in there, you know, just kind of social distancing and everything else we're being asked to do. So, um, yeah, uh, doing well and uh, good to have you on on the program. And love talking about evangelization as we do every day. We'll open up our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience uh, to join us on the program. We hope some of you will say yes to that invitation. But, um, Father, get us started. We're talking about evangelization, and maybe that's the question, just very generally. Evangelization, what is it? I think the the most basic sort of phrase we use when we talk about evangelization is proclaiming the good news. Uh, But I think sometimes the phrases we use in the faith can get kind of tired because we use them so often. So maybe we can dig into that a little bit today, a little bit of of what is this good news? Uh, Because it's not just any old news. It's the best news. It's amazing news. It's life-changing news. Um, And and maybe even to to shift it and, and put it into perspective with where we are right now in this Christmas season, I've been reflecting on how when we look on the Christ, he's a reminder to us, he's a sign of hope that we no longer have to be a slave to sin. So evangelization is is sharing that news, uh, that God became man, uh, and that he's changed our lives and offered us that eternal life. Um, so it's a real well, and then. 
Yeah, yeah, indeed it is. Then talk a little bit, because I think when the word evangelization comes up, we're thinking about those missionaries in some other part of the world, or we're thinking about, uh, you know, that soup kitchen uh, down downtown or wherever that might be, or some mission trip. I mean, we can be thinking all sorts of things when the word comes up. But can you make the point, when we talk about evangelization, it really is about spreading the love of Christ right where we are, uh, doing what we're doing. It is. It's it's incredibly accessible, and I think one thing we have to recognize is that each of us have had a unique experience. Um, the way that I've met Jesus is different the way that you have and each of the listeners. And so with that, we have a unique sort of spin that we can share this good news. And so we don't have to go um, to some other country, some other city, um, you know, really kind of put ourselves in these um, situations to, to evangelize maybe in, in more of the missionary sense, although those are great, very pro that as well. But we have the opportunity in a daily way to reflect to the world that Jesus is real and that he has affected us, that he's inspired us, that he's been a part of of our journey. And so it that means um, being that example to our family and our friends and our coworkers and the people we run into on the street, because the Lord's a part of our day, and He allows every encounter, and He has some desire in each and every one of these simple encounters that we have. Father Bobby Blood is our spiritual director talking about evangelization today. Let's open up our phone lines if you'd like to join us. We'd love to hear your story about evangelization. Toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Our email address, com. But as we talk about evangelization, what has been your experience of evangelizing someone in your life? And you know what? Maybe that just didn't go so well. But have you given up or have you persevered in that duty to evangelize? Evangelize those men and women, those people right in front of you. And then, of course, the other question, who evangelized you to know and understand the love of God? Again, toll free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. So, uh, Father Blood, let me ask you, who evangelized you? What was, as to use your term, what was your unique experience that really introduced you to the love of Christ? I grew up with uh, solid, faithful parents uh, and you know, we can't take for granted that foundation that they One individual I often think of when I, I enter into kind of my, the beginning of my own story is uh, Monsignor John Mitchell was my pastor growing up, and uh, he was a little bit uh, rough around the edges. And I, I know a lot of people uh, found him to be maybe a little too direct. But as a, a fifth grader learning how to altar serve, I just remembered how serious he took the Mass. And that's sort of formed my own kind of understanding of the faith. He um, he said, this is the way we do it. These are the things we do first. This is the process. And I remember in that moment realizing that there's something different happening here. There's something beyond my own understanding that's going on in Mass. This this old Monsignor, has, he's got it. And so I remember just watching him closely in the Mass and seeing how reverently he would hold our Lord, and and that began to to start all the questions. Because you meet somebody who knows the Lord, and then you want that. And you start to ask the questions, you know, has the Lord been in my life? Um, Where is the Lord in these moments that are difficult? Um, And then you kind of follow through, right? Uh, So I Monsignor Mitchell, my early formative years, and then uh, in high school I had a, a teacher 
uh, Paul Vogrens, who uh, loved the scriptures, and he inspired me to to not just read the scriptures as an old book of past uh, events, but instead something real, the true story of somebody who's alive, Jesus Christ, youth ministry up through seminary, more individuals I met with, with kind of their own unique experience. But those two kind of stand out as the people who they, they knew the faith and they lived it and they made me want to be a part of it. Yeah, and is that what uh, maybe uh, started calling you or inviting you uh, into the priesthood? I think so, because through both of them, I realized that the faith is not uh, something we do alone. It's something that we do in community. And they have permission, because of their confidence in living out the faith, to enter into those sorts of conversations and relationships with my own friends. And in that, I felt the Lord continue to kind of uncover parts of my heart that desired to love uh, and share that message of Jesus in a way that was deeper than my peers, in a way that was different. And then through the gift of the Eucharist, you know, I felt that call in a more precise way, but it definitely gave the permission to say yes to uh, Christ being an integral part of every day. Father Bobby Blood, our spiritual director, talking about evangelization. And again, uh, uh, for you listening today, what has been your unique experience that really called you and evangelized you to come into uh, the faith uh, of the Catholic Catholic Church? And uh, again, if you'd like to join us, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149 as you're telling all these stories, Father. I'm sitting here reminiscing about uh, my entrance into the Catholic Church. I'm a convert, and so um, my wife Judy is probably the 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 person in my life uh, who really um, lived her faith and really in the end invited me to into the faith I just uh, knew I wanted to be part of it meeting Catholic friends and it was just really amazing I do remember growing up um, my mom God rest her soul uh, did tell me one time you know I'm gonna love you, uh, anybody you marry but please don't you marry a Catholic well, I didn't listen to that advice. And um, after we were married, my mom never said it's the only, only time she ever said it. She never said it again. And once we were, um, you know, dating and in, engaged and married, uh, she just never brought it up again. Really uh, very close to my wife, uh, Judy. But I, I do remember that. But it was so interesting for me. Uh, when I think that Jesus Christ became real, it was one of the first masses that I attended with um, my girlfriend, Judy, at the time. Uh, we would later get engaged and be married. We went to her Catholic church, and I think it was really the first time that I ever, quote unquote, really saw the crucifix. I just... It, was so amazing to me that um, this this man Jesus was hanging on the cross, and I knew the rest of the story. I knew that he rose from the dead, and recognizing the reality of that really, really uh, maybe jump-started uh, my faith in, in Christ, and that was kind of the beginning that uh, said there's there's more to um, to faith than, than what I've been experiencing. So it's amazing how moments and people really can bring the Lord um, into our lives in so many ways. And what's powerful about that is how simple the faith is. Right, Somebody who studies theology or, or maybe has been living the life of faith for a long time, you can often get in the weeds, but when those first moments, there's such simplicity when we meet Jesus. Right? You looked upon the crucifix, and it clicked. Right? I met an individual who knew the gospel, and it clicked. Um, 
So even if maybe we're not well catechized or maybe the people we're, we're sharing the good news with don't know a lot about the faith, that doesn't mean that they don't have the opportunity to, in the simplicity, in the, the small moments, have these huge encounters that kind of push us forward to the, the rest of the life of faith. And, and then, I mean, we have to expect that, that our faith, that our belief in God is going to impact or affect our ability to evangelize, to let other people know about the, the Savior of ours. Right. It's, it's the old principle, you can only give what you've received. And so if uh, we're living a life that's deeply rooted in the love of Jesus, we're going to reflect that to the world. And so when someone meets us, the joy and they see a life that is different, um, a life that is informed by a life of prayer and faith, they're more willing to listen and receive what we have to offer. But if we're stagnant and we're you know, far from the Lord, to tell somebody that you should be a part of this, this whole Catholic faith thing, it's harder to sell them on it. Uh, I think about my own experience in, in high school. I had a, a friend in my geometry class asked me to go on a retreat, and uh, she was persistent. I said no probably 10 or 15 times, but mm-hmm. she was joyful and she was kind, and so by the 15th time I agreed, and, and that became a, another jumping point for me. Um, but it it was just that opportunity to connect with uh, another person and see that they're actually living the faith, and it's not just a resounding gong. Well, and I think what's so interesting is that when we're really, in, I don't, you know, not perfectly, let's be honest about that, but when we are trying to live a life of faith, we really become, I'll use the word, attractive. I mean, you talked the story about the story with Monsignor Mitchell in his uh, gruffness and rough edges. Uh, something about him was attractive. Now, maybe he didn't think that, and I think uh, that we sometimes think that maybe we're not attractive, but if we're living our faith, we really can be attractive, can't we? We can, in our own unique way, too. I think maybe there's a tendency to uh, want to enter into kind of a cookie-cutter understanding of the faith, um, to, to, to make ourselves look like everybody else who's faithful, but instead to lean into the uniqueness of how the Lord has made you beautiful and attractive. Right? You meet some people in the parish who have such deep devotion uh, to Our Lady, and that's a trap. I want to be a part of that. You meet some people who are so sacrificial with their time and their energy and their money and, and spending times uh, in soup kitchens and, and on these mission trips we mentioned, and that's attractive. Uh, or even you meet these teachers, right, who are joyful and who are excited about life. And I think we've all known the difference in our own heart of moments where we feel heavy and the moments where we really feel the presence of Christ. And uh, I think the world can see that. They can see that in us. And we do become attractive. And I think sometimes the reality is that that uh, we're living our life, we're doing our best, we're showing up every day, see what the Lord has in mind. Some days we fall flat on our face, but it's real. And even in, in the things we don't like about uh, what we might be doing, somehow, some way, living our faith, the good times and the not so good times, we really can become attractive, can't we? We can. We can't hope in that. And it's uh, just that daily choice to, to get up and take that step forward and allow the Lord to transform 
our perspective and our view and, and to radiate through us that the people we meet uh, meet Jesus first and they might be attracted to and see that that great beauty that is the Lord in our heart. We are talking today about evangelization. What's been your experience of ex- evangelizing someone in your life? And just, uh, you know what, maybe it didn't go so well. But have you given up or persevered uh, with that duty of yours to evangelize? The other question, of course, who evangelized you to know and understand the love of God? Father Bobby Blood is our spiritual director. If you would like to join us, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is today's Gospel reading from the New American Bible. Mark, chapter 6, verses 45 through 52. After the 5,000 had eaten and were satisfied, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and precede him to the other side toward Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. And when he had taken leave of them, he went off to the mountain to pray. When it was evening, the boat was far out on the sea and he was alone on shore. Then he saw that they were tossed about while rowing, for the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. They had all seen him and were terrified, but at once he spoke with them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. He got into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely astounded. They had not understood the incident of the loaves. On the contrary, their hearts were hardened. You can find all the daily readings at relevantradio.com gospel or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. Good to have all of you with us on The Inner Life today. I'm Chuck Neff, along with our producer, Nick Schmitz. Patrick Alog is answering your phone calls today. And Father Bobby Blood is our spiritual director. Father Blood is the associate pastor at Holy Family Catholic Church in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, talking today about evangelization. Phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. We'd love to hear your story. It's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. But when we talk about evangelization. What's been your experience of evangelizing someone in your life? And maybe um, things uh, haven't gone so well trying to do that. Maybe you've been frustrated by that. But have you given up or have you just persevered in evangelizing um, whoever that might be? Of course, the other question, who evangelized you to know and understand the love of God? We uh, would love to hear that story. And again, the uh, toll-free phone number is 888-914-9149. So Father Blood, let me just follow 
up a little bit. Father Jim Kabicki, our Jesuit friend, uh, does these daily reflections, and it was uh, Father Jim you just heard talking about uh, St. Andre Bassett, uh, his feast day today. And I think when we talk about evangelization, uh, uh, the brother, um, Andre Bassett, teaches us such a great lesson. And again, he's a brother with the Holy Cross Fathers, a doorman at St. Joseph's Oratory in Montreal. Great devotion to St. Joseph. And by the world standard, being a doorman was a lowly job, but uh, he was known for his kindness, the gift of healing, as you just heard. And, uh, and uh, to the point again, on his death, millions and millions of people came to the wake and funeral to pay their respects. And I guess, uh, Father, the lesson for me, uh, knowing that story, it's not about what we do, but it's who we are. And um, he lived a virtuous life, an heroic life, just being kind to the people who crossed his path every day at the door of the Oratory of St. Joseph in Montreal. And I'm just so taken with that because sometimes I think, and we do, we need to do things. But gosh, we become so attractive when we just live a life of virtue um, in the Lord Jesus. It's amazing if we'll just be and live that life of faith, how, how that can have such an impact. Even even just to look at the photos of, of Brother Andre Bassett, you can just almost see such a gentleness in his eyes. Uh, and you can imagine the countless souls that came through that door uh, in, the, in the early time of him being there, not knowing what the Lord was going to do from that very small encounter. But uh, he said yes. He, he was a sickly man. Um, he, his parents died when he was young. Right to the world standards, um, unimpressive. Right? A doorman, just like you said. But uh, he faithfully did the small thing the Lord asked, and the Lord brought forth grace. That's incredibly powerful, and and a great witness to us that um, just to say yes to be who God created us to be does make us attractive and does allow for these moments of encounter with Jesus, even in the simplicity, as St. As Andre shows us. Yeah, and, and that's really kind of an in-the-moment uh, situation, living the moment, being kind as he was, just living that life of virtue now, right here, wherever I am, doing whatever I'm doing, back to the word we've been using, it becomes so attractive. Exactly. And, and to choose to see the other person and their needs before our own. Evil is to hold that door open. And that's a moment where we're making a sacrifice for the sake of the one who walks through that door. And I imagine his life was marked by that in countless other ways that we don't know. And, and we're being invited into that same thing, to be able to say yes and to be made small and humble for the sake of another and allow that to be the witness and allow that to be uh, the sign to the world of who Jesus really is. Yeah, and the the reality and the truth is, even with uh, St. Andre Bassett, I'll bet he never knew, in most cases, what kind of impact he had on the people who came through the door at the oratory. It keeps us humble. And I think the same is true even in our own experience. We don't really know uh, who we're encountering and, and who the Lord has placed right in front of us or in a lot of cases, even the fruit that the Lord is bringing about through our little yeses, uh, maybe until we get to heaven and the Lord shows us that, hey, you know, that Wednesday morning you made that 
know, to brush off that person's car for them or what, whatever it might be. And yeah. that might be that step of connection that they have with the faith. Father Bobby Blood, our spiritual director, talking about evangelization today. Let's take some phone calls and let's start with Linda. Listening in Orlando, Florida. Hey, Linda, good to have you on The Inner Life today. Well, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I was thinking as I was waiting and listening, um, I was engaged to a gentleman who actually has since passed away, but he was a Jewish gentleman. And um, while we were going through our kind of courtship, he used to drive me to Mass, and he would sit in the car outside and wait for me and then take me home for the day. Um, On Christmas Eve, he he would go to Mass with me. And one year, he, um, myself, Jeffrey, and my daughter all went to Midnight Mass. And um, just before Mass, because you go early, um, they asked us to bring up the gifts. And so I thought, well, my daughter and I could do it. We'd be happy to do it. And I didn't include Jeff because he was Jewish and he was there out of respect for me. And so we went through a lovely service. And after communion, um, the priest came to Jeffrey and told him he was a jerk because he couldn't bring up the gifts. Mm. He was Mm. such a great man that, although, you know, I I heard the interaction, that I guess it kind of just threw me off the cliff a little bit. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And um, so first I prayed about it, and I realized that priests are human, and they do silly things too, you know, things that aren't so good. And in the meantime, the second thing I did, I wrote a very respectful letter to the bishop and mentioned the priest's name, and I said, maybe it'd be a good idea to remember remember that during holidays, people of lots of different faiths come to our services. And it was through the prayers that Jesus really made me understand the humanness of all of us in the church, and that we always don't do the perfect thing. And that all came from Jesus, and he caught me falling off the cliff. And said, you're fine, get back on the on the land. And, and what's so it beautiful ended up about beautiful. that, oh. yeah, and you know, being a priest, we we definitely do. We, we make a lot of mistakes, and and I'm sorry he didn't respond as kindly or as warmly as as he should have. But w- what I think is moving about that is uh, how faithful Jeffrey was in, in bringing you to mass, and and who knows what sort of encounter and prayer he had in, in the parking lot or when he went home waiting for for mass to end and. And then to faithfully come to that, that Christmas Mass and to see the beauty of, of that liturgy and um, to say yes out of, of care for you and your daughter, that's, that's a beautiful thing. And, and to realize that um, that was a long journey that he had had uh, to coming to, to that place and uh, to see the, the sign of faith in him, even as you know, a Jewish man coming to, to, to see Christ um, yeah. and the fact that he'd seen Christ in you. And that's what kind of soft 
into to making that choice to come along. So that's that's yeah. a beautiful example. Yeah, and Linda, forgive me, if, but if I might ask, how did uh, how did Jeff uh, react to that? Um, well, he was. Um, he, I always call him a slice of heaven because he understood it wasn't about anger. It was about patience and understanding and tolerance. And um, But I personally was mortified um, with my faith, well, with my church, I guess. My church, I was mortified, and that's why I wrote a respectful letter to the bishop and just said, we need to remind all of our priests that, especially on different holidays, there are lots of different people who are not Catholic are at the yeah. services. Yeah. Well, Linda, again, right. if I might ask, how long ago did uh, Jeffrey pass away? Now, 24 years ago. 24 years ago. Wow. And um, and you still remember that night, don't you? Wow. Well, but I think it was really a very special situation. Um and not that it was positive, but I think the way Jeffrey responded to it, the way Jesus helped me to respond to yeah. it, um, was really quite beautiful. Yeah. And now, well, and now that's, that story be, becomes an example for the rest of us to remember that, you know, each and every Mass uh, might be someone's first Mass. And so I think uh, even though it was... Uh, not a great encounter. Now it becomes a, a, a powerful witness to the rest of us to, to remember that and to respond uh, with more gentleness to each yeah. encounter that we find ourselves at Mass. Yeah. Linda, God bless you. Thanks so much for calling in today. A pleasure to have you on on the program. We appreciate that. You know, and there's such a lesson, I think, there, uh, uh, Father Blood, for all of us in evangelizing that uh, sometimes uh, we say the wrong thing. Sometimes we do the wrong thing. Sometimes someone says the wrong thing to us or does the wrong thing to us. But Jesus is still Jesus, and our church is still the church with all of its flaws. It is. It is. It, to some degree, it takes the pressure off knowing that um, the Lord will clean up our messes, but uh, it's still that invitation each and every day to to pick ourselves up when we trip and fall and, and misspeak and maybe come off more aggressive than we mean to and, and to just try again. And I think we, we find that own experience even uh, with our families and our friends and those closest to us, right? We might uh, say the wrong thing or rub someone the wrong way, but that doesn't mean we're having those difficult conversations and, and those opportunities to share the good news. Yeah. Father Bobby Blood, our spiritual director, talking about evangelization. Let's uh, take another phone call. Sarah, listening in Rockford, Illinois. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the program today. Hi. Thank you so much. Um, I, I just, my question is, what is the role of young people in regards to evangelization, whether that be high school students, college students, you know, young adults? Yeah, I would say that recognizing that you have a, a part in the mission, I think sometimes in our parish model it can feel like um, there's not a role for, for those who are younger, but um, I think Pope Francis said in, in his evangelization document that uh, the parish is flexible. And so to allow ourselves to be a part of that and that your story matters, um, that the way that you've encountered Jesus matters. And so it can be difficult, especially as a young person in high school and college is 
young adult kind of navigating life before they find a family or even young families to, to find positive community um, where we can live out our faith in a public way, but to realize that um, your yes uh, to your own story and your own experience of Jesus allows us to start to form the faith in, in the communities that maybe we couldn't get to. You know, oftentimes I pray for um, the people who, who don't come in to Mass, right? What's my connection to them as the priest? Well, that's where uh, people like you, young folks, can um, kind of be that John the Baptist crying out in the desert in those places where um, maybe they wouldn't hear the message of Jesus otherwise. Um, in your own experience, have you found it to be um, easy to talk about the faith, difficult to talk about the faith in your own sort of community? Um, I, I think it has, I think it has ups and downs depending on who, you know, where you're, who you're talking to and where that person is with their faith or maybe they haven't have experienced the faith at all. And so, but with the people I, I feel most comfortable sharing my faith with, I think that builds, you know, a trust and a level of vulnerability that then we can take what we have learned in like our friendship and then take that to um, other people and have more confidence in um, talking to other people who don't have, have the same faith as us. All right. It's sort of that balance, finding that strong community we can lean into and then also allowing that community to feed us so that when we encounter people who maybe are further from the faith, we can still live out the truth of the good news. So that's a, I think that's a, a powerful powerful testament to the desire to take news and the Lord will provide when those encounters, encounters arise. Yeah. Sarah, uh, thanks uh, so much. And I'll just uh, make an observation. When I see, uh, you know, young men and women at daily mass, it is so edifying that, um, I mean, it's just amazing to me that that uh, young men and women are, are taking the time uh, during the week uh, to come to Mass. It's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a great witness uh, to me, and really, uh, Father, a great witness to all of us in so many ways. It is. I, growing up, I, I actually went to youth ministry at the parish I serve at now, and we used to have something called 830 Club during the summers when I was in college, where a lot of us would come back uh, to be with our parents during the summer, and we'd all go to 830 Mass followed by breakfast. Uh, it was a gift to have uh, that place to go and, and meet the Lord and uh, also to have that fraternity. But it is. It's a sign because you have a lot of folks come up, and have you ever thought about being a priest? Have you ever thought about being Because they just uh, sometimes in a parish to see young people at Mass is, is not common. And so it can be quite the sign uh, to, to those who have been living the faith, that the faith is still alive and well and, and still growing. Yeah, and, and back to our point, I mean, when we see a young person at Mass, they're just being a young person at Mass. We don't know their story, but they are attractive just in in being that witness and being there to, to celebrate Mass uh, at an early hour in the morning. It's amazing to me. Yeah, it, and it is. It's you know, it's a it's a twenty six to twenty eight minute sort of ordeal, and yet uh, it can just be that powerful witness that draws out, draws in and draws out um, the presence of God and and allows the rest of the folks at Mass to be renewed to say that this isn't just the thing I'm doing. This is something that is powerful and impactful. So uh, the yes of young people really 
lead them away. Yeah. Sarah, God bless you. Thanks for joining us on the program. Let's uh, head to the Chicagoland area. Evelyn is uh, listening there. Hi, Evelyn. Good to have you on the program today. Hi, thank you. Uh, your question was, who evangelized to you? And what is your, how did you evangelize to others? Am I right about the question? That, yes, yes. Okay. Um, I had a brother who was a believer, a Christian, uh, and I thought in my mind, because I grew up Catholic, uh, he's going to lead me to God. My com- he's going to lead me to be convinced that I need God every day. But God didn't use him. So, and I'm thinking now that I know God, I can do this on my people I know, but it's not working either. So, um, I thank God that He convinced me by the power of the Holy Spirit using a stranger that I need Him every day by reading His Word. And I like what you said about the attraction of just being yourself and living in the moment. Uh, that helps a lot. And you just evangelize. Even though I feel like I'm a mature Christian, I'm just judging myself. But I realize evangelism is an ongoing, endless thing. You can receive a word from stranger or radio or television if you're open to it. And God uses the Holy Spirit through people or in mysterious ways to get our attention or lead us to this, this continued direction. Or that's how I see evangelism. Yeah, yeah, and to, and to see that uh, we couldn't have planned for those moments of encounter with different random individuals or something here on the radio. You, you can't really plan for those moments where you are being evangelized. Um, it's just really in the hands of God, trusting that uh, He's showing the way and that He'll prepare our hearts to receive it. But then on the, the inverse, to say, you know, I want to be that witness. I want to, to be somebody who evangelizes, who becomes attractive for those I meet um, for the sake of the Lord. Um, but it is, it's it's the small choices to be authentically ourselves. And, and it can be hard, I think, to be vulnerable. Have, have you found that to be the case in sharing your own faith? Is it difficult to, to kind of be vulnerable and share where you've been and where you're going? Uh, it's difficult, like the previous caller mentioned, it depends where they're coming from, what level of knowledge in God or what experience in God they have. Because you can meet someone that doesn't know what you're talking about, doesn't have anything in common. So I think it depends who God brings your way or who, what direction you're leading to, to evangelize. Right. Yeah, every kind of situation carries its own difficulties and its own kind of lightness and freedom. Um, yeah, it's a be- beautiful yeah. witness of docility. Yeah, thank you, Evelyn. And she brings up a little bit of a point here we should probably talk about, because I think sometimes we think about evangelization, and then we just think we aren't good enough. We're not qualified enough. We don't know enough. But just be who we are, live a life of faith, and uh, gosh, what the Lord can do with that can be extraordinary. Very true. Very true. Uh, and it it's so normal, right? especially if you're somebody who's living out the faith in a daily way. Talking about Jesus and the good things he's done for you isn't foreign. And it's not, it's not a difficult thing to think about, kind of 
integrated, that, that fancy word we use, that if we allow our faith and our prayer to really be a part of our heart, then the encounters we have, it naturally comes out. And, you know, I'll be honest, I one of the most powerful moments of evangelization I experienced, I, I was on a mission trip in, in Kentucky. We were going door to door to just ask people how we could pray for them. And man answered the door as me and a friend of mine in high school, Hannah, and he said he didn't want any prayers, but you could tell there was tears in his eyes. And so afterward we went and, and we prayed at uh, the end of the driveway because when when we started walking on the, the driveway, Hannah said, we're going to pray for this man. And it was a powerful witness to me that he didn't want the prayers. And so we weren't going to force it on him, but we went to this kind of safe place where it wasn't uncomfortable for him. And, and we offered a prayer for him. I don't know what he was going through. I don't know where he is now, but in that moment, uh, that, that prayer partner I was with kind of witnessed to me and uh, showed me that we can make these little uh, yeses go a long way in, in spreading the good news of the gospel. Yeah. Wow, great story. Father Bobby Blood is our spiritual director. Talking about evangelization today, what's been your experience of evangelizing someone in your life? And, of course, the other question, who evangelized you to know and understand the love of God in your life? Toll-free phone number if you would like to join us, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We'll be right back. The Relevant Radio Studio Line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com slash forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Inner Life Show or email us inner life at relevantradio.com this is the inner life on relevant radio thanks for joining us everyone father bobby blood is our spiritual director on the program today father is associate pastor at holy family catholic church in rockford illinois that of course in the diocese of rockford talking today about evangelization what's been your experience of evangelization a little bit of time left if you'd like to uh, join us uh, toll-free number 888-914-9149 by the way if you are just joining us uh, don't forget you can hear our podcast of the entire program just uh, Go to the website, RelevantRadio.com, the Inner Life page, and download today's program, really any of our programs. The show is generally available for a download within about 30, 40, 45 minutes after we say goodbye at the top of the hour. And if the program has given you a little help or a little hope on your faith journey, tell your friends about it. Share it with them. We'd appreciate that as well. Father Bobby Blood, our spiritual director, talking about evangelization. Let's head back to the phones. And Mary, listening in Albuquerque, New Mexico, thank you for the call. And- okay, um, so I think now being a parent and evangelizing to our children um, God's truth in the world that we live in today is a huge challenge. It's like we're living in an Alice of Wonderland world where up is down and down is up. And so I think the biggest temptation of a parent is following the ways of the world and allowing the the way the world teaches, you know, in society, on social media. It's hard to always stand against it because we're not always, um, 
like the popular vote for our children to listen to. But I believe that evangelizing to our children through the truth of our Lord with his love and his mercy and guiding our children through his love and his mercy, his tender love and mercy, not his hard right hand, um, is the most fruitful thing that we can do for our children. Um, for example, I, um, my son, he um, struggles with uh, homosexuality and is in a current relationship, an active relationship, and he has been for five years. And through this journey that the Lord has taken my family through, I have learned that, and it doesn't matter what sin our, our children struggle with. It could be addiction of drugs, alcohol, um, um, sexual promiscuity. You know, I think, I, I believe all, all sin is is the same. Um and so how we lead our children through addiction, we just don't go and we don't go buy them, you know, the drugs and stuff like that. And, and my biggest temptation um, living in this life is sometimes I'm tempted to, like, just follow the ways of my son because I feel like I could be more a part of his life. And that was my biggest temptation. And I really struggle with that with God. I struggle with a lot of things, and I had many conversations and and what God has led me to is this is your cost of sanctity this is the way of your passion to get to your heavenly kingdom that I have already established for you and so you stick to my ways and you and you stay in truth and your children will always come back because there was a time there where my son wouldn't even talk to me. And um, I did. And in Exodus, it says, in your silence, I will fight for you. And so I trusted in that. And in this, I've had to learn trust and confidence. And I went came through that with our Blessed Mother. I never had that confidence. Um, I got that through her. And... So, also with dealing with this with my son, it, I've opened up a, or not opened up, but started a chapter here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's called Courage. And you can find our group on Courage or Encourage. Um, Courage is a, um, or Encourage is a group of loved ones that gather together. And we all come together in community and we speak um, our truth, um, you know, carrying this cross of um, this same sex. And I don't like to call it attraction. I like to call it a confusion um, because I believe that there was something that either our children or, you know, they've gone through some type of, they were wounded somehow in their youth, whether it was through sexual molestation, pornography. Um, there's some type of wound there that needs to be healed. Um, because God doesn't make us this way, just like God doesn't make us bank robbers or prostitutes or murderers as we're conceived. God doesn't make us um, homosexual, and I don't even like to use that word, um, but he doesn't. I, I I stay away from that word because I just call, I never say my son is homosexual, I never say that he's, I never even say gay because that's 
a word that the enemy uses. Hey, Mary, I'm going to jump in here because we're going to run into a, a, a time crunch here. And your story is so um, real. And I just uh, want to thank you for calling in. But Father Blood, we, we hear that story and we talk about evangelization. And this is a great lesson for all of us, I think, because sometimes we we the world just yanks us around with social media and uh, everything else that that is uh, going on in our life. And but to to Mary's point, in the midst of all of the the chaos, the craziness, everything that is not of the truth, to to use her words, to stay in the truth and stand up for the truth, even when it's not popular, that is an incredible way to evangelize. It is, and it's such a balance. And she used the you know the word gentleness. I think it's it's First Peter talks about how we have to have a we have to be ready to give an account for our hope, uh, both in, in gentleness and respect. And and it's a difficult thing when when the world seems so confused and so broken, and yet the truth that Christ offers seems so clear to us. It can be easy to get frustrated um, and, and almost tired uh, of trying to stand up for that truth, but finding the ways to use. Um, uh, the language that the Lord offers us, both in kindness and gentleness, so that the dialogue can remain open. Uh, we as Christians play the long game, and to realize that uh, you know the Lord doesn't always uh, solve all the problems with the flip of a switch, but instead, uh, in uh, the daily sort of difficult stretching conversations, uh, to be able to to go up against uh, the world that is so confused with something that is. Uh, so comforting as the reality of the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then uh, Father Blood, when we talk about evangelization, I mean, let's uh, let's be honest about this. Um, we uh, will be rejected. I mean, Jesus was rejected, and so he's certainly uh, the role model for us, if I can use use that term. But but evangelizing, and to, again, to use um, Mary's uh, phrase, to stay with the truth, it can be difficult in so many ways it can be and and that's part of that's part of the call i feel if if we're going to say yes to living out the christian life that will include suffering and rejection and uh, to our sensitive hearts it's so painful and to be honest about that pain we experience when we're rejected but also uh, not to give in to uh, the lie that we're alone in that uh, when we're evangelizing we're being rejected we are with Christ, and so we preach the good news with Christ, for Christ, in Christ. And so uh, in those moments where uh, we are put down, rejected, dejected, we can continue to walk with our head held high because uh, this is the truth that we uh, are called to remain in, and we don't have to be afraid. Uh, the world will not overcome us. Uh, Christ is, is the one who still reigns. Hmm. Father Bobby Blood, our spiritual director, apologies we couldn't get to the rest of our phone calls today. We appreciate you calling in, and uh, uh, we'll do better next time, I hope. Father Bobby Blood, we need to wrap things up, and as uh, you know, we like to close with a final blessing for all of our listeners. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Father, we ask your blessing on these, your children, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Amen. Father Blood, a pleasure to have you on the program today. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. On The Inner Life, uh, thanks to uh, Father Bobby Blood uh, for joining us. Thanks to all of you for taking time in your day to spend it uh, with us here on Relevant Radio and on The Inner Life. Don't forget, in about 60 seconds, we're celebrating Mass at the top of the hour. Cale Clark uh, with his uh, program, The Faith Explained with Cale Clark. That's uh, 1230 Central right here on Relevant Radio. We're back tomorrow. Hope to see you then. Thank you.